The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the show. Good to have everybody along tonight. Tonight we return to our roots. We're talking with returning guest Reverend Sean Whittington, who uh, has many experiences in the paranormal. He does exorcisms, also does um, um, ghost cleansings. Uh, he's had angel experiences and many other paranormal encounters in his life. And he's going to talk about all of that tonight. And we're happy to have him on again. Uh, it was a great uh, discussion the first time we had him. And I'm looking forward to tonight as well. So again, Reverend Sean Whittington will be with us to talk about all things paranormal tonight, including exorcisms. Should be a great discussion. Make sure you take some time and subscribe to our channels. If you're a podcast listener, check us out live if you get a chance. Go to YouTube, that's where we do our live stream, as well as Twitch, and um, search for JV Johnson, click the subscribe button, there's no no uh, fee to do that, and make sure you click the notification icon, then you'll be notified when we go live. Also, um, Twitch is a great place to go as well. Twitch is uh, a lot of fun. We do a lot of, uh, really focus our weekend programming on the Twitch channel, but we also stream the weekday show there as well. So either place, I'd appreciate it if you'd visit and subscribe. And on the other side, if you're a YouTube viewer or a Twitch viewer and you have not subscribed to the podcast version of the show, we encourage that. There's no fee, obviously. Just find the podcast on uh, whatever your favorite podcast distribution platform is, just search for Beyond Reality Paranormal. Once again, I've got this hoarseness going. It might have something to do with the fact that when I came into the studio, it was 58 degrees in here. And I've got the heat on, but <laughs> so far, it's just cracked 60 degrees. So it's a little it's a little chilly here in the bunker studio, but that's okay. When the conversation gets going, it warms up plenty. So we'll go to break. We'll get our guest on the line, and we'll begin our show tonight and our conversation with uh, Reverend Sean Whittington. We're talking about all things paranormal tonight on Beyond Reality and looking forward to this chat. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Anyway, welcome back to the program. It's great to have you along with us tonight. We're excited as we get to return to our roots tonight and talk about paranormal topics such as ghosts and uh, demonic activity. It's always interesting. Exorcisms. And we're going to do it all with returning guest, uh, Reverend Sean Whittington. He's been on the program before. Uh, Reverend Sean, great to have you back with us. It's been too long, and we're excited to have the chat tonight. JV, God bless you for saying so. It has been too long. I'm always here whenever you need me. And uh, your <laughs> Credence is one of my favorite bands, man. I couldn't have asked for a Better song uh, to play just before I came in. Do you re- let me throw one at you? Sure. Do you remember Midnight Special? Oh, of course I do. Yeah. And the movie Twilight Zone, the movie made that song even more famous than it already was. Yeah. One of the greatest openings ever in sci-fi movie history with um, Albert Brooks and um, Dan Aykroyd driving in the car. That's right. And it's playing at the beginning of the movie. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, great, great group, great song. And I'm glad to be back. But most importantly, brother, uh, as far as catching up real quick, I know we don't have a lot of time, but how are you and your family doing during this whole pandemic and all that? Everybody healthy? Yeah, everybody has stayed remarkably healthy. Is The closest that it, this uh, this virus, knock on wood, has come to me and my immediate family is my sister and her family caught it. They all, you know, got ill, but they recovered and they're doing fine now. So, you know, thankfully for that. But, um, you know, you're in Las Vegas. Has Las Vegas itself recovered at all? I know that, you know, towns like Vegas took a big hit with just everybody, you know, not being able to travel. Absolutely. Well, we went into an extreme, complete lockdown March of last year. Mm -hmm. I was furloughed for two and a half months. The scary thing was 
my wife and I, we're ministers 24-7, but our day job, she's the office manager at a very busy animal hospital, mm-hmm. and I am a veterinary technician at the same animal hospital, so she never stopped working. Yeah. So it was scary. I went back on an extreme part-time basis, and I'm still there on a part-time basis. But when the town opened back up, it's uh, gradually, it'll never be back to what it once was, but yeah. it's a lot better now than it was, let's say, summer of last year. Good. But what's scary is that it's so ugly right now in California, and you've got all these waves of people coming into town yeah. every weekend or every day, I should say, You know, going to the casinos. You can, on any given moment, walk into any casino and pretty much, like, nothing's going on. No social distancing, no wow. masks, people, you know, uh, all huddled up together. It's just, it's kind of scary. My wife and I are just... We just go to work. We come home. We go to the market if we absolutely have to. We made a heartbreaking decision March of last year, St. Patrick's Day, that is. I was on my way to do a book signing, and that event got canceled, and we decided we would take a complete year off Mm -hmm. of physically going out and working paranormal cases because it's just too scary for not only for us but for our clients. And I think we're going to revisit that this St. Patrick's Day, but we may have to extend that. Isn't, a little bit. Isn't that amazing in itself? I mean, back in February and March of last year, when we were all looking at this and, and accepting the reality that, yeah, we're going to have to change our behavior for a while, I don't think any of us thought we'd be looking at a year down the road and considering extending it beyond that. I mean, I think probably most of us thought a few months we'll get through this. Um, but, man, we are talking about a year. We've come full circle here. You're right, and I uh, don't think... It's going to end tomorrow, and I just see, I'm at the point now where I don't even like to watch the news anymore. I see Dr. (laughs) Fauci on the news today. His statement was very scary, that as long as there's the remote corner in the world that still has the virus, the world isn't safe. So what basically you're saying is this is going to go on indefinite, and I think the new norm is going to be masks and social distancing, and hopefully everybody buys into the vaccine. We're trying to get ours. It's hard. We can't get it. We're both in that age group, the um, uh, the, the group where they figure we're high risk, and yeah. we also have underlying health issues. So, But we can't get the shot. So it's Boy. scary. It is scary. And I, you know, I, I really, really hope that we don't have to live in a world that has to live in fear of any illness like that but also doesn't have to social distance. I mean, you know, being people being around other people is kind of what it's all about. And if you can't do that, man, um, I'm not so sure that that's a healthy world either. I agree, brother. All I can tell you is I, I'm in constant prayer every day, and it's given me a good chance to work on my counseling skills. Mm-hmm. And I've been very proud of most of my clients that come to me for help have you know, they've had no choice but to tighten their belt and draw their own line in the sand and make a stand and fight back. And that was all I've ever tried to get get across to anybody was they are truly the ones with the power to get these evil uh, entities and the malevolence in their lives out of their life and make a stand and fight back and turn their lives around. They're the ones that have always had the power to do it. I just put my arm around them and help stand up, help them stand up against the bully. But I have no magic powers. And, and so it's given me an opportunity to get better at my counseling skills and teach people how to be stronger and how to fight back. Yeah. I just have to make a comment about it. Uh, one of the messages is floating through the chat room here. Um, uh, there's a comment that says, you know, of, of course, this is going to be here forever. It's a virus. You know, we, we have a lot of viruses in this world and we, we live with them without fear. And that's the point. Um, the point is that, yeah, we, we probably will have this virus among us forever. However, uh, hopefully immunity builds and hopefully uh, the way the bo- human body handles this virus uh, gets better over time and we don't have to live in fear. That was the point. So I just wanted to clarify that. So, you know, what I do have to ask you, though, as it relates to the virus, Reverend Sean, is this whole um, idea that there's so much angst in the world that creates a bit of an energy unto itself. Have you noticed anything different in the paranormal fabric as a result of this this ever constant and seemingly ever increasing angst without getting political here. I'm going to try my best not to (laughs) the uh, demonic has taken advantage of this uh, 
I do believe at the at you peel enough layers away, yeah. you find true malevolence at the root of anything like this. But they've taken advantage of this um, pandemic to just pretty much move freely among us, you know, like a like a cancer, like a virus itself. And you know, talk about kicking us when we're down. They're continuing to just stomp on our face and you know, reach through our chest and pull our hearts out every single day. And it's just the demonic activity is off the charts. I'm overwhelmed with the cases that come across my desk, and they're all like that. You know, I'm getting to the point where I miss the, the just the old, good old, <laughs> good you know, old haunting, haunt just where, a normal haunting. You know, Aunt yeah. B or Uncle Betty, you know, <laughs> uh, at the home watching over the family. They haven't moved on yet. I miss that, and I'm not even getting that anymore. It's just um, it really... Uh, an ugly time spiritually right now. This may be a bit of a naive question, but you're the guy to ask and you're the guy that'll have the answer. It's a cause and effect here. Which is causing which? Is it the 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 presence of something like this virus that is causing angst that causes the increase in demonic activity? Or is it the increase in demonic activity that is creating opportunities for things like the virus and, and maybe some of the other things that have been tragic in the news over the last year? Oh my gosh, that... Um... Your question was so good; it gave me chills. I think it's 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 all of the above. I think they feed on one another, and the people uh, that are most affected by this are the ones that are trying not to believe that evil exists, and that if they just stick their head in the sand and don't see it and don't believe in it, it uh, it doesn't exist, and that makes them just easy targets. But I believe it all feeds off of one another. It's just. Uh, just uh, one big giant black malevolent cloud just has engulfed the world. And how do you are you seeing it manifest itself? You say you've got people reaching out to you. Are they feeling as though they're being attacked personally? Are they seeing in family members? Is it a possession kind of thing? Is it demonic haunting? type of presence, what are you seeing as the, uh, the, the, mo- the most common symptoms or reaction to all of this? Well, I don't know if you, you heard in the news that we, you know, this is the kind of record you don't want to break, but we held some kind of new record of uh, the most students that haven't been able to go back to school that yeah. have committed suicide. Yeah, I'd have heard of And that. so yeah. I have had a couple of parents reach out to me totally distraught over situations like that, feeling that maybe their child is on that path because when they're in the room supposed to be getting homeschooled and, and doing their homework, they're on a lot of ugly sites. Maybe it's porno, maybe it's um, uh, occult-based stuff. So it's it can, it can be anything, but it can be just people are uh, never thought their home was haunted, and now that everybody's lost their business, got laid off, they've been spending more time at home. Now they're calling me and saying, you know what, I think my house is haunted. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. You name it, it's everything. And it's infestation, people that are just so demonically oppressed. Um, I think people that have never done a bad thing in their life before have called me up and said, oh, my God, the other day I did this, and that's so not like me. And I don't remember doing that. I'm being told I did that. I think the demonic are also, because we're so spiritually weak right now as a as a race, yeah. I think they're able to, when it used to just be oppression and then possession, now they can jump in and out. They can jump in, make you do something, jump back out. Uh, God forbid, you know, I wake up every morning and pray. We never, I never have to take authority over another exorcism. But then there's exorcism, and now we feel or possession, I should say, and now we feel that's even gone beyond that to complete integration. I think that some people, uh, their soul gets pushed out of their um, vessel, and the whole human vessel that once belonged to them is completely taken over by this invading spirit. A lot of people in my field don't think that's possible because the body couldn't hold up to the presence of such pure evil in the vessel. But you see more and more people committing such, uh, you know, heinous things against their fellow man. Um, it's at a level that I, I haven't seen in many, many, many years, or, or I don't think I've ever really seen it at this level. But it's everything. You just spin the wheel, 
and put, put, you know, put your finger, you know, put it up on the dartboard and throw a dart at it wherever it lands, whatever topic that is, you know, it's, it's happening. Yeah, I just today, in fact, we heard of a, 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 a ter- terrible story, a tragedy. I think it was in Oklahoma where um, uh, four or five children uh, lost their lives. And um, I think uh, at least one or two adults. I don't I don't even know the details. I just know it was horrific. And uh, you hear something like that and you think there has to be some dark forces at play, it, not just in that particular case, but in many cases that we're hearing um, around the country and around the world. Yeah, I um, I'm not that I, you know I don't really I'm not good at getting my preach on. Uh, that can that can be a turnoff when I'm trying yeah. to yeah. turn people around and get them to. And this is a terrible analogy too, but buy into what I'm trying to sell, and I don't <laughs> charge for what I do. But when I'm trying to get people to, this is what you need to do for me to be able to help you. Position, um, you're not going to catch me on the street corner with a sign hanging on my chest that says "Repent now, the end is near." <laughs> and I don't believe we're in end times, but I I don't think that it couldn't happen. If we don't make it, you know, find a way to turn it around, which I, which is very scary. Yeah, in fact, uh, that was going to be another question I was going to ask here because one of our chatters did ask: Is this is what we're seeing now, and and what you're describing as this increased dark energy that seems to be affecting people? Is that another sign of the end, quote unquote, nearing? And you're saying that you don't think we're there. I don't think so, I, but I do believe. Um, it could happen if we don't just really start fighting back. I don't know how much deeper you want to go into that topic. And this is your show, brother. You know, I love you and I respect you. And there's no wrong answer here. But if you want to really jump in the deep end without a life jacket on this topic, I feel obligated to at least offer to say a quick prayer of protection over you and I and all your listeners. Well, I'm going to give you a chance to do that, but it probably would be a, uh, appropriate in response to this question i'm going to ask you and you can incorporate that here because i was going to ask you what can people do prior to the point where they feel like they need you know help from someone like you who's professionally trained to deal with these types of things you know but prior to that before they may feel like they're being attacked or before they may feel like they're being influenced what can they do you know through the course of their day that'll help protect them well, if you're dabbling in the dark arts, stop it. Just stop it. It's Define a, it, dark arts. What do you mean by that? Um, the Ouija board. I'm not a big fan. Conducting a lot of seancing, conjuring a lot of spirits up. Uh, ghost hunting. Eh, I'm on the fence with that because I've I been a ghostbuster since I was 10 years old. So I'm on the fence with that. But approach that at the very least with a lot of respect. Uh, respect the spirits. I do believe in ghosts. I'm not one of those deliverance ministers that thinks it's just angels and demons. That's it. I do believe in ghosts, but respect that field. And I would stay away from going to the locations that are allegedly infested with the demonic and go in there and do religious provocation and try and get these things provoked and lash, lash out so you can get evidence, that type of thing. Stop all that uh, practicing the dark arts, um, uh, satanic worship, devil worshiping, witchcraft, magic with a K, that kind of stuff. Just mm-hmm. stop it. Other than that, and I'm not trying to convert anybody over to Christianity or Catholicism, but if you believe that evil exists, then you have to believe that there's something of a much higher vibrational power of love and light above us that watches over us that's against that. So whatever name you want to put on it, put that name on it. I have, you know, I'll, I'll, as an example, I'll use my indigenous friends, um, indigenous native friends that just refer to it as mother earth or the great father. And they just pray out loud to it as if it's an entity standing right in front of them for the things they want and the protection that they need and the stuff that they need help with and, uh, worship in their own way, find a way to worship this greater vibrational power of love and light and help that and ask it to intervene in your life and help you walk through life and and put its armor on your shoulder and just be a better person open your heart fill it with the word of god you know uh pray pray often be a good person it's not hard you know work on your humility work on loving your neighbor work on turning the other cheek 
work on forgiveness, and just be a good person. That's all. Just be a good person. So in, in a way, your answer is a bit, if I were to sum it up um, humbly, is, uh, you know, you reap what you sow. If, you're, if you live a good life and you're a good person, you're less likely to be targeted by these dark energies? Absolutely, because you are created in God's image. He's inside you. God lives inside of all of us. So what you want to do when the demonic are driving down that road, before they even get to your home, you want them to clearly see a dead-end sign for the demonic. And if they choose to drive beyond that, then when they get to your house, you want them to clearly see, shining in the window, a big neon sign that says, no vacancy for the malevolent and unclean spirit sign. Um, And the only way you can do that is to just be a good person and live a good life and be kind to your fellow man and pray, whoever you want to pray to. I have friends that are from every religious belief system under the sun that you can imagine. We all get along. We don't judge each other, and we respect each other, and it is what it is. But just, you know, and not to say that if you live that kind of life, you still may be a target. We're all targets, and I know some, I I know many, many devoutly religious people that have been attacked by the demonic. Um, So it's just much easier for the demonic to decide to go down the road and pick an easier target. Do demonic forces tend to pay particular attention to those that are religious at a vulnerable, vulnerable moment? Excuse me, moment. It seems to me that in, in a lot of these possession cases, it seems to be religious folks that are most that are uh, targeted uh, and most susceptible to this. And maybe it's when they're at a weak moment or they've turned their back on their religion or something. I don't know what the circumstances are. But is there any connection there that you've seen? Well, it could be exactly what you said. They tur- Something has happened in their life which has for- uh, forced them or made them feel that God uh, isn't a good God and meant them to have this bad thing befall upon them, a death in the family, a bad accident that left them in a wheelchair the rest of their life, or God knows what uh, their house burnt down and some family members died or family members died in a car crash or what have you. But I find that the religious people that have been attacked are usually higher up, like priests, uh, cardinals, the pope. I believe that they are 24-7 under attack because uh, they're the movers and shakers. They make it all happen. They're the closest to God. Now, having said that, I am under attack all the time, too, because of what I do. And I think it's a great... Uh, accomplishment for these things who are very prideful creatures. They hate us. I could never adequately put it into words, uh, the the true hate that they feel for us. But it's just like another, you know, um, an award, something to boast about, uh, putting their talents in someone like me and uh, taking over someone like me or, or bringing someone like me down. Uh, but most of the time, for me personally, I find most people have just lost their way. They were either atheists or thought maybe there might be a God. I'm, they're on the fence with that, too. Didn't really believe in evil. And they you know, haven't really lived a great life. Here, especially in Vegas, um, I hope I don't get a lot of hate mail for this, but a lot of my clients are uh, prostitutes, strippers. They're uh, people that are really, really strung out on drugs, alcoholics. Even a lot of people that have somehow uh, allowed attachments to uh, come into their life, and now they are uh, bad gamblers and have gambled everything away in their life. And I have a lot of ghost hunters. Believe it or not, I have a lot of ghost hunters that reach out to me, Mm. went to the wrong place at the wrong time, said and did the wrong thing, found themselves with an attachment that followed them home, and now they don't know what to do. Usually ghosts don't attach. Attachments are usually malevolent in nature, and they're they're out to do you harm. And so, uh, I a lot of ghost hunters reach out to me, which um, I don't. You know, it makes me feel bad having that background yeah. myself in paranormal investigating. So um, it's just a, a time to be really, really careful. 
Yeah, and talk about how this energy manifests itself. You mentioned attachments, but separate that for a second. How does how do you know that you you're constantly under assault? What do you fee, feel and see? And how would just you know uh, someone who's not in your line of work recognize uh, an uh, an assault from some type of dark energy like that? It doesn't ha- happen to me as much as it used to, because uh, I probably smudge, bless, and cleanse my home and my property practically every week. For me, nowadays, it starts, it's, it's mostly what I refer to as uh, parlor tricks. Many times, I will hear what sounds like, I kid you not, a pterodactyl landing on my roof. Ooh. And it runs from one end of the roof to the other, and you can hear the heavy cloven foot. You can oh, hear what sounds like the flapping of wings, and then when it gets back to the other end of my house, it clearly sounds like it crashes through my roof into my attic. So I will grab the holy water, I'll grab my stepladder, I'll run, poke my head up through the, through the hatchway into the attic, and there's never anything there that I can see. There's yeah. never a hole in my roof. Um, but I go ahead and I bless and cleanse uh, and seal the attic off, come back down. And then it's from there on, you know, I may get the three uh, rings of the doorbell or the three knocks on the front door, usually when I'm standing right there. So I'm practically already looking through the peephole, and this is in the middle of the night, and I have a big sign that says, do not knock, no soliciting, because I have two huge mastiffs. They go ballistic if someone comes to the door. So I know that there's nobody there before I even peek through the peephole, and there's never anybody there. But then that, you know, the scratchings on the wall, um, the tappings on the wall, uh, that's how I know I'm usually going to get a case. My phone's going to ring in 24, 48 hours because there's going to be a case that's going to you know, come my way that's usually uh, of a malevolent nature. I, probably the most disturbing thing is it sounds like, and I have four cats that have adopted me, and they live out in my yard. My wife has brought carriers home for them and taken the cage door off, and she puts quilts in them and over them and leaves food and water out for them. But sometimes it'll sound like a feral cat is being ripped apart by wild dogs in my backyard. It's the most horrifying thing you can ever imagine hearing. I'll go out there with the flashlight thinking maybe a neighbor's dog got my yard and it's got a hold of one of these cats. Nothing going on out there. And many times I come home from work or I went out to do a little yard work or water the lawn and I'm coming back in the house. And every time I reach for the doorknob, it's usually with my right hand because there's more space to the right before like the doorknob where it closes is right up against a wall. So I usually grab for it with my right hand, and sometimes I, f- I get a feeling of like a bee sting. And I'll look at my hand, and there's nothing there, and I'll go in, and my wife might be watching me, and we're having a drink or having dinner together or watching TV, and she'll look down and go, what happened to your hand? And I'll look down. Sure enough, my hand will be swollen, red. They'll either be like a bite mark or three scratches down the, the top part of my palm, my hand, the top part of my hand. And uh, there was nothing out there. And uh, so that's usually what it happens for me as far as uh, since I usually I don't drink, I don't gamble. Um, I would have to say temptation for me, things like um, anger, you know, being anger, angry, really getting really, really angry at the drop of, a, of, of the hat for something so silly, it's not even, you know, normally I would just be rolling around laughing about it, but I find myself being angry. I usually drop into some prayer then and uh, smudge myself, bless myself again. But see, it doesn't happen to me a lot because I'm always doing that. So an assault can take the form of mood swings or uncharacteristic mood mood swings. For sure. Yeah. Mm. Or could, can it also affect you, um, and I guess moods are a form of emotion, but uh, emotionally or psychologically, can you feel depressed by this? Can you feel uh, helpless and hopeless because of this? Yes, and then they, they feed on that. So that's why this pandemic has been so awful, because people have been isolated. So now you've got that, you know, uh, a lot of people use the term cabin fever, yeah. A lot of people are really experiencing that. The, do- the demonic just feed on that, and then they feed on everything else. As soon as you give into it, and you want to turn, you want to turn on your computer and go to the porno site. You want to um, 
lash out and be really angry and get violent with somebody. Um, you want to go ahead and get belligerently drunk or, uh, you know, uh, start getting high again. Anything like that, they just feed into that, and, and that feeling intensifies, and you start becoming feeling very lost and lonely and like you don't have anything to live for. I don't know how these people who have lost everything, like their business, um, yeah. you know, you, you get the new president that comes in there, and I understand I'm all for, you know, making the climate better and all that, but all these people, thousands and thousands and thousands of people that have just lost their job overnight because he closes down the pipeline. Yeah. Um, it's just a terrible thing. I mean, I don't know how these people are going to do it. All these small business owners that have lost everything, they got mortgage to pay. They've got kids to put through school. Now they have nothing. They've lost everything. Most of these families now are on the street, homeless. And then that's another issue, too. Uh, it's just it's just a very sad time right now. Maybe, you know, that, that's probably another reason why I don't go out more often. <laughs> I used to go down to the area where we have one of the biggest homeless um, towns here in, in, in Vegas, but uh, haven't been down there in a long, long, long time. And I can only imagine what that what, what that area must look like now. Let's talk about uh, what I would consider to be a little bit more of an extreme manifestation of this type of activity, whether it's demonic or otherwise, but attachments. You brought it up. You said you've you've known some people who have done some paranormal investigating who have who have had an attachment. And, and I think you even said that uh, if an attachment occurs, it's most likely not just a ghost, but it's something a little more nefarious or malevol- uh, malevolent. Um, what does an attachment do? What does it feel like? And and and. From a spiritual sense, what is it? I'll just go ahead and use what happened to my wife uh, as the best example. That's in my in my life. That's been the most uh, horrific example of what these things can do, and that's probably another reason why I'm not a big fan of the Ouija board. This is years before I got on the path to become ordained. And my wife and I, when we met 15 years ago, or actually 18 years ago, excuse me, she's listening and going to be mad. I can't remember how many years we've been married. When we met, fell in love, and got married, we realized we both had a passion for the paranormal. We didn't know that when we first met. She's very sensitive, intuitive. So we started ghost hunting together and ghost busting and helping people with their paranormal issues. I don't think up to that time I had ever really ran into the mother load of all haunts. I don't think I had any dealings with the demonic, nor her. And we went to work a a case where a young girl, newlyweds, she was being, for lack of a better description, raped by something that she couldn't see, nor her husband could see in the middle of the night when they were in bed. If he tried to intervene, he would get attacked. It started to escalate to where it would attack her in the shower, attack her when she's sitting on the couch with friends over, watching TV or having a little get-together. So we go over there to try to help her with this issue, and I came up with the wonderful idea to use a Ouija board to uh, contact whatever mm. this was. Mm. And I, you know, 100% over the top believe that that was what opened a portal that allowed this thing to attach to us. And we were going home that night from working the case, and my wife's cell phone rings. And she has caller ID, but there's no number on there. So I foolishly said, go ahead and answer it. I thought it might be the client. She answered it. It was nobody there. We got home, and it started that night. For me, at least, it started with extreme night terrors, like a dark cloud above me that kept swooshing down on my face, choking me out, swooping back up to the ceiling, then back down into my face, choking me out, raising back up. And then I woke up that morning, started hearing children playing in my garage, went out to check, nobody out there. Went out into my garage again because I heard children. There was a swarm of bees in there. Don't know where they came from. These things can manipulate the environment. So I came up with a great, uh, I made a a man-made bee suit, and I came up with the brilliant idea to just walk in there very calmly, don't swat at anything, unlock my garage door, try to make it back in the house without dying, go outside, unlock my garage door, lift it up slowly, wait a couple hours, see if the bees leave, which they did. I later go out to do some yard work. I had these black birds attacking me that I'd never seen before. I'm very aggressive. They chased me into my car, and they were on my windshield, pecking at the windshield. 
sitting on my roof the whole time. I was even scared to get out of my car and run to the house, wow. thinking I won't get there in time. Yeah. Um, one of the most scarring movies I ever saw when I was a kid was The Bird, so I'm thinking of that. I'm like, I can't even make it to my house. So the second night, more of those dreams, and I wake up in the middle of the night and get out of bed, and I step into ankle-deep water. Something had burst a water main in our in our floor in the master bedroom and flooded us out. And to this day, my wife and I still sleep on a California queen mattress on the floor in the living room. And we don't hardly go into the master bedroom at all anymore. But it came on like gangbusters after that. My wife comes home from work. Now, she's 16 years older than me, but the, the healthiest person I know doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, no history of cancer in her family. And then she walks home, comes home one day, and she's talking to me like she's about to have a stroke. And I'm like, are you okay? She goes, yeah, I'm okay. I think I broke a tooth, and my tongue's scraping against it, and it's making my mouth all sore and my tongue all swollen. I've got an appointment to see the, the dentist tomorrow. Oh, great, cool. She comes home from the dentist, and it took me by surprise because she was so calm. She goes, he says it's not my tooth, and he's made an appointment for me to go see an ear, nose, and throat specialist emergency like tomorrow. So I go with her to appointment, and she was diagnosed with squamous cell carcinoma of the tongue. And I'm telling you, JV, in a matter of days, her tongue became a golf ball size. Her whole tongue was like a golf ball-sized tumor. She couldn't talk. She couldn't even swallow nice. water. She couldn't eat. Excruciating pain. That spread to her thyroid and became medullary thyroid cancer, which people say, oh, they just take the thyroid out, don't they? No, medullary is the more aggressive of the two thyroid cancers, and it metastasizes, it spreads. So they did take the thyroid out, but it did spread to a bunch of lymph nodes in her neck, and they had to go in there and operate and take those out. Then it spread to her throat and became another rare form of throat cancer. Now, this is such a on, you know, an, an attack, uh, like an apocalyptic attack on her, and so diabolical, I yeah. knew what it was. And so... It was very, very scary. I, would, uh, I will be uh, honest what, with you about this. Let me just ask yes. you this, though. What was the span of time that all this had, was taking place? How many weeks or months or how long did, did that occur? By the time she started her radiation, which mm -hmm. was 35 straight treatments in a row, day after day after day after day, uh, several operations, um, I want to say when they started doing that, it was within a month's time. From the time she started talking funky, that day when she came home to the time where they needed to immediately go in and start operating and putting her through chemo and radiation was about four weeks. It came on that fast. So, But she had, she had a feeding tube in for over a year. Geez. Still couldn't swallow or drink water, and they wanted to fly her to UCLA and take her tongue out. Mm. And uh, she wrote me a little note. My, I used to come home from work, and my whole, tea, my whole fridge is covered with sticky notes because she can't talk. So it's just all what she wants to say to me on sticky notes, so I'd have to read all day long. So I learned something from my mom one day, and uh, I, I truly believe I was conceived to be on the path I'm on today and do what I'm doing, because um, I checked my father's background and my mother's background. And she taught me when she was young that she used to crawl. Well, I witnessed her crawl on her hands and knees in church till she was too old to do it any longer. So I, one night when I'm staring at my wife and, I, and she looks like she's going to die, be dead by the time morning comes, mm. I left her with my dogs and I snuck out and I went to this all-night prayer chapel and I crawled on my hands and knees from the front door to the altar and threw myself on the mercy of the altar and the mercy of God and begged for him to uh, spare her life. And uh, I got a phone call about 30 minutes after I got home from a friend of mine who was dying from stage four advanced colon cancer on the East Coast. And I'm in Vegas at the time. I'm still in Vegas, but he was an atheist. I knew him all my life, an atheist. And he called me just hours before he died and told me, I just wanted to tell you, I just saw God, Ooh. and he wanted me to tell you Sharon's not going to die and that you have to continue doing what you're doing and fighting those responsible. So that was validation for me that it was who was behind the attack, and I was being trained at the time because I reached out to the paranormal community for help, and they introduced me to my then mentor, who's now retired, 
but she took me under her wing and tra- and trained me how to fight back against this force. And during that training, she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself and told me, you, you were meant to do this. You need to continue and finish and become ordained. And uh, then I came under severe attack shortly after that, working a case on my own. And it was so frightening that I left the field for about a year. But, you know, once again, something happened. You know, a pastor friend of mine talked me into, caught me on a good mood one day, talked me into working a case with him. And I saw the Holy Spirit at that case. And that was a, 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 another life-changing thing for me, which let me know that God had my back. And, you know, I need to get back up on the horse and continue doing what I'm doing. So just a matter, it just all comes down to don't let them win. No matter how lost you may feel you are, no matter what's going on, you've got to keep fighting. And you've got to keep asking for God and Mary and the Holy Spirit and Jesus to intervene in your life and help you fight. You've got to do that and just keep fighting. So when you went to that chapel to pray for your wife's life, your prayers were answered. Yes, absolutely. What? Now, I will say, yes, the the chemotherapy, which almost killed her, mm-hmm. all that radiation, which after about five treatments of that, J.B., she looked like, uh, I'm going to get hate mail again, but she looked like and smelled like a survivor from Hiroshima. Oh, jeez. It was bad. And, I, and that was for 35 straight days. And then the... the the, what you, what happens to her after that, those, that still goes on for a while, you know, recovering from all that radiation and all that chemo. She went from like 140 pounds to like 90. Mm. I mean, it was brutal, dude. And, um, yeah, so um, I, my mother told me a story when I was very young on how I came to be. And part of that was uh, her make you to deal with God, which I don't advise people to do, but <laughs> my father was dying at the time and she made a deal with God and said, you know, if you save, save my husband's life, I'll, um, and he was also dying of like spinal meningitis and cephalitis, among other things he caught when he was overseas in the Navy. And, um, she did the same thing. She said, I will crawl on my hands and knees whenever I go to church from for the rest of my life and I will have another child, which at that time there were no plans for me because I have two two older sisters, but the birth of my second oldest sister was extremely difficult on my mother and doctors had advised her not to have any more children. But she said, I'll have another child and so she got back to the hospital and my dad was sitting up in bed with not a trace of any of the diseases left in his body any longer wow. and my mom had another child, ta-da, truly. <laughs> <laughs> but I start, I, the only thing I could think that one night when I thought, I'm not going to let them win. I, I really thought my wife's going to, I'm watching her die. It was a bad night. All the nights were bad, but this was a bad night. And I said, I got to go do this. And I did. And I came home and my phone was ringing. Wow. It was my buddy. And I jumped back on the horse and my my. I don't think it was that quick, her turnaround, but she started to make a turnaround after that. I saw light at the end of the tunnel. I knew regardless of what happened, uh, if she did die, I knew the angels would be there to take her to heaven, but I knew that she was going to put up a fight. I knew she had uh, people in the spiritual realm on her side, too, fighting for her. And, yes, the chemotherapy, the radiation, the doctors that did her surgeries, um, the dentist, the ear, nose, and throat specialist, they're all part of saving her life. Yes, absolutely. But she's absolutely here because of divine intervention. I'm not sure how to ask this, and I don't want it to be a sad question for anybody, but I'm just curious as to what you think. You know, many of us have faced that kind of tragedy in our lives with a loved one or a family member or both. And... Um, you know, many of us has, have prayed for that person to be saved and, and cured or spared or whatever it happens to be. And, you know, more often than not, I would say that it doesn't work in that uh, that way. Uh, what made your circumstance different? And what do you say to people who say, you know, my my let's say my mother was dying and I prayed every day for her to be healed and to be, you know, whatever. And it didn't work. What do you say to somebody who had that experience? Um, you know, usually when people 
tell me those types of stories and ask me that same question that you're asking me, but they're asking for themselves. Mm-hmm. I just break down and cry because I don't have an answer. Yeah. You know, I just trust in God that he knows best and that everything's, you know, in his time, if it be his will. And I think for whatever reason, um, you know, things sometimes don't turn out the way you would have hoped they would yeah. for yourself or for a loved one or for people, you know, or people that come to you. But like I said, you just have to stay strong and be strong in the faith. You know, there is power in prayer. There is power in strength of faith. And um, we're all going to know the What I most love about what we do, JV, is that we don't know anything. I love people out there that claim they know this, they know that. God bless them. I pray for them, too. Mm-hmm. But there are no experts. None of us have all the answers. And I think some of the answers we think we have probably aren't right. Um. But what I do know is that there's something up there that will help you and watch over you if you just pray and open your heart to all of that. And you'll find a change in you and a change in your life and a change in how people around you perceive you and treat you um, because you'll change. You you will you start praying and praying often and start loving and being humble and and change your life and you know whether you're Christian or Catholic start going back to church and services and whatever religious background you're from get back into that many every time someone comes to me I ask them do you do you go to church yes what church this one did you go there for help yes and nobody there would help me that's why I'm here to see you and many times it's somebody that's not Catholic or Christian which blows me away, and I just I welcome them with open arms and say, welcome, brother, I'll do my, my best. Um, you know, let's put our heads together and find a way out of this. But uh, just, you know, I don't know. I, I wish I had the answer to that. I do a lot of hugging and a lot of kissing yeah. and a lot of praying over people and laying hands on them, but those questions that only God could answer, I, I leave for him to do so. We're talking tonight with Reverend Sean Whittington. His website, by the way, is ghost-b, the letter B-gone.biz. Um, you're not doing investigations right now, uh, Sean, because of the COVID situation. So what services are you uh, spending your time doing uh, for people right now when they reach out to you? Well, they can listen to me on Monday nights on my radio show, Vegas Supernatural. They can Watch me Fridays on Facebook Live on uh, Reverend Sean Whittington's Paranormal Ministry. And I pray on the air for people very often. And I have a lot of good guests on that will share their experiences in, in the paranormal field, all, all, all branches of the paranormal field. But you can reach out to me and ask me to offer prayer up for you, light a candle for you. Um, if you have issues of a paranormal nature, We'll talk it out. I will try my best with all my gift, my gift of discernment and, and uh, my hotline to God. I'll try my best to come up with a solution for you to fight back and turn your life around. Other than that, to just be there as a listener and a friend. A lot of people reach out to me with spiritual issues not attached to the paranormal, and I'm also a certified spiritual advisor, so people can make an appointment to talk to me about those issues on the website, but I don't charge for any of the paranormal work. And um, yeah, we have to get back out there physically as soon as we're able to, uh, when it's safer for us and our clients to start working cases. But the bright side, the silver lining to that cloud is that I've been able to get better at my counseling skills. And I've been able to watch these people who have no choice now. I'm not gonna come to the rescue. You know, I, you know, we're talking on the phone, I say to them, but this is as good as it's going to get. Yeah. So you have to fight. And I've been so amazed that if that has turned out to be such a positive thing for so many people because the strength that they get from fighting these, fighting back themselves and not feeling so helpless is, is a miraculous thing. Let's talk a little bit about some of these paranormal uh, experiences that you have and your ideas and thoughts and theories about what you're dealing with, particularly when it comes to ghosts. You know, a lot of people, when you use the word ghosts, have you know somewhat of an image of what, they're, what we're talking about, but not everybody thinks the same thing. I mean, there are people that think ghosts might be an interdimensional 
being or people think that ghosts might be a time traveler in some fashion. What are your thoughts? What are ghosts in your mind? Well, I am experiencing a phenomenon now where there's a lot of people coming to me that are being attacked in their dreams. They feel like they're in a dream state, but they know that they're awake. Now, these attacks can be violent. They can be very sexual. They can just be this entity taking them away from their body and then into a dimension and showing them things. So I don't know if we're dealing with a lot of different things, if it's just an interdimensional being that's an extraterrestrial, if they're trickster demons, if they're angels, I don't know. That's one phenomenon I'm dealing with now. Um, I have gone round and round and round with so many theories that have been laid on me and some that I've come up with myself that, you know, some may be silly, some may be, you know, feel factual. But, you know, after the smoke clears and after, you know, I've been doing this as long as I do, I try to keep it simple because if I don't keep it simple for me, you can imagine how complicating it's going to be for my client because they're already hanging on by their fingernails emotionally because they're experiencing something they've never experienced in their, in their life before and they're frightened to death. I keep it simple. Ghosts, angels, demons, that's it. I don't go for the, I do believe in elementals, uh, I will confess, but I don't believe in the non-human entities. I don't believe shadow figures or anything other than a demon. Um, and, and that's it for me, you know, you throw them all in their poltergeist, gins, all of them, dibics, they're all forms of demons. So having said that, I don't always see them, but my gift of discernment is that I'm able to see and hear spirit, especially the demonic, and sometimes see them. And I've had spirits tell me something as simple as, being so sad that they know that they're dead, and they loved life so much. They were in the prime of their life. They had, and I'm going to get emotional even talking about it. They had so much to live for. So They were on their way, so much ahead of them, that they can't let go to people that knew that they weren't very good in life and did a lot of bad things and hurt a lot of bad people, and now they're afraid of judgment. To like I referred to earlier, Uncle Tom, Aunt B, who loved their life too, lived a full life, but they have so they built their own home. They've raised their children. They've watched their children raise their children. They've got family living in the home. They just want to hang around for a while and still watch over the property and the home and their family. But unfortunately, occasionally, you know, they allow themselves to be seen or they make a noise or they move something and it freaks the family out because not everybody's used to seeing spirit. That can be a very frightening thing too. And I do live in a haunted house. And sometimes when I see things, I still get a little freaked out because it's in my house, but um, it, it's, it's all the reasons, but a human, my mother told me when I was a little kid, I'm like confiding in her that I'm seeing things. She's the only one I could confide in. And she told me, you're going to see many spirits in your life. How she knew that, I don't know. I'm going to ask her when I see her again. My dad and mom are both in heaven. But she said, they're just people that don't have a body anymore. And if they appear to you, it's for a reason. They either want to tell you something or need your help with something. Talk to them and ask them what it is they want from you. And if you can help them, fine. If you can't, tell them that you can't. Be honest. But then tell them that they're freaking you out and to stop freaking you out and go away. And they should. Uh, has that always worked for me? No, but they should. But the demonic, malevolent entities, the demonic, very low vibrational, malevolent spirits, um, they're completely different. Their agenda is completely different. And that feeling is completely different. And then angels, God bless them. Uh, I've seen my guardian angel twice and heard her once. One time, she, I just heard her, but she saved me during a demonic attack. The other two times I saw her, she saved me from certain death, once drowning and once almost driving, falling asleep at the wheel and almost driving my truck over a cliff. Um, is she just a spirit guide? Perhaps. Is she my true guardian angel? I don't know, but um, she, doesn't, she appears to me like a real girl, no wings, so maybe she's just a spirit guide, but who knows? Uh, I do believe in guardian angels, too, and I pray to them often. And um, 
if, if so you're, that's it for me. If you, I mean, based on what you just described with your the guardian angel, you said, you know, she appears to be just a normal girl. And then you said maybe it's just, she's just your spirit guide. What makes you think she's an angel? If you're unsure well, about that. Well, she's just beautiful. You know what she looks like? You're going to crack up. <laughs> and my wife to this day has a running joke. Whenever this actress is on TV, doesn't matter how old or young she is, she'll yell at me, come, honey, your angel's on TV. <laughs> my angel looks like Susan Sarandon. <laughs> but a, yeah, a very young Susan Sarandon from like Rocky Horror Picture oh, that's, Show That's time. very funny. That is very and funny. She, yeah, she's, she was in the water out in the ocean with me when I was about to drown and said, swim this way, which took me out of a drip, drip tide and then guided me back in a perfect area to swim and to back to shore. And when the lifeguard met me saying, you know, you look like you were struggling and I was about to come out for you. I go, yeah, well, that girl helped me. He goes, what girl? I turn around, there's no girl out there. But she was just bobbing. I just saw her head. Wow. And she just said to me, swim this way. That sounds like a mermaid. That's... That sounds like a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> the other time I was asleep at the wheel, and she said, she yelled at me, wake up. And I was leaning to my right, like asleep. And I looked up, and she's sitting in the passenger seat of my truck. And when I turned back to the left, there's a cliff. I fishtailed. The truck, miraculously, there was a highway patrolman that was about to pull me over because I'd been drinking, and he saw me swerving. But he said, I thought you were a goner, and then you, so, I don't know how you fishtailed your truck right on the edge of that cliff and came back across nice. all of the lanes of the freeway, smashed into the concrete center divider, flipped end over end onto the other side of the freeway. They had to cut me out with the jaws of life. I remember none of this. Wow. And I woke up with just a broken wrist. And um, so I've got friends on the other side, man, and thank you, Jesus, for them. Does or everybody, I don't know if I, I would still be here, does, but does everybody the have, demonic attack, she spoke to me. Does everybody if have, I didn't hear her voice, that wouldn't have gone, that would have ended very bad. Yeah, that would have ended badly. Uh, does everyone have someone on the other side looking out for them, whether it's an angel Abs- or a guardian absolutely. spirit? Or yeah, something? Yours is in the studio with you right now. Oh. All you got to do is talk to him, J.V., they, they just they're they're just longing for you to truthfully, in your heart and in your soul, open up to them, mm-hmm. and tell them that you believe in them. Uh, ask them to intervene in your life and help you through life. Help walk with you. Help you be a better person. Um, you'll 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 feel the you'll feel the change over time, brother. I promise you. One of the one of our chat room questions here talks about the classification on of different types of demons. That has been, you know, outlined by uh, Christian theologians over the course of history. D- do you subscribe to those ideas? Yes and no. Like I said, for me, what works is to keep it simple. Do I believe the demon that bites me on my hand is not as powerful as the one that lands on my roof and crashes through my um, r- roof into my attic? I believe that one on the roof's more powerful. Whatever that is making that banshee sound in my backyard is probably a different level. And the one that attacked both my wife and I and sent her through her years of hell fighting for her life with cancer, I believe was extremely powerful and had friends. I'm a big uh, believer that they run in packs. And I write about this in my book that, you know, I wake up every morning and pray I never have to take authority over another exorcism. But this one case, right after that case we worked, the next nine cases in a row, many exorcists go their whole, go their whole life without ever even working a, a paranormal case, let alone taking authority over a, a possession. Nine cases in a row came across my desk that were all malevolent in nature. And the, the thing about it was that all of the clients knew each other either professionally or personally, and they all reached out to me. And I just jumped from one case to the next, and that led right to the case where I was came under attack and almost died. And so I believe it was all, uh, I was being led down wow. this path with the agenda of being finally getting me at a vulnerable moment alone at this one location and, and having me come under attack. So I believe the one that orchestrated that whole thing was probably um, 
above all of them. And I do believe they ran in packs. I mean, there were cases where uh, family members would appear to me in different areas of the home. And I would realize I'm just looking at basically a doppelganger of that person, that that person's either not here or in another part of the house where I told them to stay while I do a walkthrough. And as soon as I start flailing the holy water and praying, these these apparitions are gone. Um, so I believe there's different levels of them. And I'm not big on demonology, to be honest with you. I would rather try to learn more about the one that I serve. I, I, I personally, and like I don't judge anybody, I don't like the term demonology, and I don't like to study demons because I, I believe that's bad mojo too. It's like I believe there's a lot of bad mojo attached to the EVPs I may get or the photos and film footage I may get of the demonic. I usually don't look at them too much. Many of that stuff I destroy because they, they, uh, they, there's like just like a residue that hangs on them that's not good, like gum on the bottom of your shoe. You got to scrape it off and get rid of it, um, and move on, so to speak. Where do these demonic entities get their source of their power? Is it Satan? I mean, that's what I would guess, but I don't know. Well, they're all What's fallen the angels, so they're all very powerful. They're older than time. They're all knowing, very powerful, extremely intelligent, um, and it's. Uh, like I've been on many cases where for me it starts like a giant bumblebee has gone in my right ear. And that extreme loud buzzing calms down and turns into actual clear thought as though somebody's standing right next to me talking in my ear. I remember one of the most um, horrifyingly a matter-of-fact questions presented to me by a demon was one of the first cases I worked after... uh, by myself because Sharon was too sick to still come with me. Did did these or any de- demons or demonic forces ever take human form? Absolutely. Um, they jump in and jump out just like uh, spirits are able to do. And it's, 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 it's pretty scary. It really, really is. And now we're mostly frightened about what they're referring to as a complete integration that sometimes the, the possession goes on for so long, unnoticed and untreated, that eventually the the person that inhabited that vessel, their soul gets pushed out, and the, the the invading unclean spirit completely takes over, and then you have this walking around, breathing, talking uh, demon, and you just don't know it. Uh, can I prove that? No, but like I said, I'm witnessing, you know these horrendous, heinous, violent things that people are doing to one another nowadays, and I feel that it's it's just off the charts and at a level that I can't remember in my lifetime having seen before, on a, on a broad scale and, and at a level that I can't remember having ever seen before. So it's, it's very frightening and very scary. Yeah, uh, we're almost out of time here. An hour goes pretty quickly, but I wanted to for you to take a minute before we end and you give your, uh, you know, let people know how they can listen to your radio show and your, and your live streams. Um, but once again, remind people what they can do in their lives uh, that'll help protect them from any of this type of activity. And also let people know what they can do if they just suspect that they've got some kind of normal run of the mill haunting going on in their house or something they're associated with. Well, if it's a ghost, have everybody in the family get together as a family unit. Usually the demonic want to destroy the family unit, and spirits not so much. And just get together and address the spirit. Say, we don't know who you are or why you're here, but you're freaking us out. Don't make a deal, but say, we just wish you would stop. And if there's, you don't belong here, you need to go where you, where you belong, and please do. Will they move on? Maybe, maybe not. But they probably will stop freaking your family out and bothering you. If you suspect the presence of something very malevolent and demonic, you need to reach out to someone like me for help. And uh, I know many churches have been closed down and locked down just like everything else. I perform Mass here in my own home for myself. But if you're Catholic, as soon as you can get back to going to confession on a regular basis and attending Mass and receiving communion, start doing so. If you're Christian, start getting back, even if it's a non-denominational Christian-based church. Uh, whatever branch of Christianity that may be, and there's so many of them, 
get back involved in your in your parish and going to services. And uh, I I advise people all the time that really feel that something's attached to them. Go get rebaptized. Go to a Baptist church or any non-denominational Christian church that does full submersion in the holy waters and baptizes people. I love that. I do it all the time because I'm not going to ask someone to do something I'm not willing to do. And I love it meeting my clients sometimes at these churches, and we both take the plunge together. I think it's a beautiful thing. Uh, but you have to just, just be a good person. I know nowadays it's really, really, really tough. I mean, at work the other day, I walked by this girl, I don't know her, probably 18 years old, um, nose ring, fully tatted from head to toe. I don't judge. I got a lot of tattoos. But I'm walking past her. She doesn't even know me. I haven't met her yet. I think she's a receptionist. She's not there any longer, not because of me. But I walk past her. She sees my crucifix. Even at, at work, I'm dressed all in black. My scrubs are all black, and I have a crucifix on my chest. I walk past her, and she yells at me. I mean, yells at me. Jesus wasn't real. Oh, man. <laughs> the, whole, the whole clinic stopped, and everybody from every department just looks at her with their mouths gaped open, wondering, what's, <laughs> what's the rev going to do? And I just I wanted to cry for her because I felt so bad for her. And I did pray for her, and I asked her if she wanted me to put a blessing over her, and she just stormed into another room and slammed the door. But I don't see the receptionist very much. I'm in the back in the, tre- in the treatment area in the autoclave room and stuff. But I, I, I think I saw her maybe twice after that, and she wasn't probably very good at her job, and they had released her. But I don't, don't understand. be like that yeah, person. I don't understand why people feel the need to interject themselves in someone else's beliefs. You know, you weren't preaching to her. You weren't trying to make a point to her. You were just doing what you felt was right for you. And I I don't understand why people get so offended by things like that. And you can't be offended because they're offended. You have to pray for those people. That's where your humility and your love comes in and learning to turn the other cheek. Um, I mean, just don't let these things get a foothold in your life and turn you into something that you don't want to be. You want to be able to go to bed at night and not have night terrors. You want to be able to look in the mirror and like what you see. And believe me, as hard as it may be, depending on the kind of person you are, you'll notice the change in your life and the change in people around you if you if you start just living like that, trying to be a better person and be uh, and living a better life. Great words uh, for everyone to heed. Uh, Reverend Sean, it's been a quick hour, but it's been a great hour, other than being interrupted by some kind of force uh, we had it's a good another great conversation i thank you for being here and i hope you stay safe and i hope you're able to get back out and help people in person relatively soon i know we're all hoping we can get back to somewhat uh, of a normal life again but um in the meantime i uh, also hope that you'll be back on the show at some point not too uh, far from now and we can chat about this again jv i'm always here for you brother i go nowhere um i do have the the friday show on Reverend Sean Whittington's Paranormal Ministry Facebook Live page. Vegas Supernatural is Monday nights on KCOR. And uh, I'm not hard to find on my website or my Facebook page. People reach out to me. I love, I'm a people person. Reach out to me for anything. And you too, JV. For, it doesn't have to be to ask me back on the show. You can reach out to me for anything that, that you want to talk to me about, brother. It doesn't have to be about me coming back on the show. Appreciate that very much. Take care of yourself and look forward to talking to you again soon. God bless you. God bless you, all your listeners, and good night, everybody. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.